0: App on our phone, whatever works for you. We started a few weeks ago a brand new sermon series entitled Encounters Transformational Conversations with Jesus. And what we're doing is going through the New Testament and we're seeing different people who had some unique encounters and conversations with the Lord. And uh, last week, we uh, dealt with Zacchaeus, or, or Zacchaeus, or Zacchaeus, uh, we, we went through that last week, okay? Uh, then the week before, it was the woman who was caught in adultery. Today, we're going to take a look at a blind man who received uh, a miracle from Jesus, but it was how Jesus did it. <laughs> That I want to deal with today. Uh, So, we're in Mark chapter 8. And the title of my message today is I Could See Clearly Now. Some of you are singing this song because you're old. Um, I Could See Clearly Now. And uh, there are quite a few lessons that we could actually learn. This is one of those sermons that uh, I was going through it, and uh, as I was reading, the scriptures And there's only a few scriptures, just five verses that we're going to look at. But uh, all of these verses just really say a lot about what took place and how we can apply it to our lives. So I'm excited to share this with you. So without any further ado, why don't you stand with me if you're able to. In honor of the reading of God's word, we will look at Mark chapter 8 beginning in verse 22. And then we'll go to verse 26. It would help if I had my notes open. Here we go. If you're there, say amen. Amen. (laughs) Since I just got there, amen. All right. Here's what it says. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. Okay. Okay. Now, here's where it gets interesting. When he had spit on the man's eyes, guess what the altar call is going to (laughs) be? Just kidding, just kidding. When he spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked and he said, I see people, they look like trees walking around. And once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes and then his eyes were opened. And his sight was restored and he saw everything Clearly, and Jesus sent him home, saying, "Don't even go into the village." I can see clearly now. Let's pray, Lord. Speak to us, I pray, through your Word and uh, God. All of us, we might be a different parts of our spiritual journey. We might be at different stages of life, but Lord God, wherever we might be at, I pray that you'd meet us there today and God speak to us through your holy word. And I'll thank you and I'll give you praise, Lord. And it's in your name and we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. I can see clearly now. What an interesting encounter So you've got a man who's blind, and some people in the town, in the village, bring this man to Jesus. Jesus pulls him away from the village, and then he answers his request, or at least their request, let's just say in a really unique way, very unique way. We're going to talk about that today. And as I was just digging through this, there's four powerful lessons I want to share with you today that I think that absolutely at least one of these can speak to you in a real powerful way as we look at this together. And uh, I'd like to address those here today. So let's, let's jump right into this, okay? Number one, we can learn a lesson on the power of community. 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 This dynamic right here, being part of a body of believers, having a church family, having people that you not only go to church with and see for an hour but but uh, there there's something more to this and and we kind of get an interesting glimpse into this by taking a look at verse twenty two so let's let's read it again says they came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man and they begged Jesus to touch him so I want to point some things out to you first of all that I think are kind of interesting you ready nowhere in this story do we see the blind man asking for anything nowhere nowhere The blind man in this story, the way that the Holy Spirit inspired Mark to write this story for us to learn and read and digest, we don't have any place where it says that this man begged Jesus for his sight to be restored. It was other people who brought the blind man to the Lord, and the miracle came. Let me say that again. It was the the work and the actions of other people that caused Jesus to move and to do a miracle that probably few had ever experienced, if any had ever experienced before. And it all came down to... Here's what it did not come down to. It did not come down to the the blind man praying the right prayer and saying the right words. It didn't even come down to the blind man having enough faith. It didn't even come down to the blind man saying anything, which is interesting because in the book of Mark, there are two, this one and another one, two incredible occasions where Jesus moved on behalf of somebody because of the pleadings of that person's friends. The other one, maybe you might remember this story, is while Jesus was preaching in a house, teaching in a house, and the house was so full that this uh, lame man was on a mat, we'll call him Matt, and, and, and they took Matt to the ceiling, and they dug a hole in the roof, and they lowered Matt in front of Jesus. Matt didn't ask for anything, but Jesus moved. Here again, now in this story, this blind man did not ask for anything, and yet Jesus moved. Do not underestimate the value of praying for somebody else. There is power when God's people pray. Why do we have that moment after worship where we try to get together and, and, and pray for one another? Because God tends to move dramatically when the Lord's people choose to agree together and pray for miracles. The Bible says that they shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Can I remind you that that is not just for the preacher or the healing evangelist. That is for every believer that if we lay hands on people and pray, we can expect God to do great things and they will recover. There is power in people praying for one another. Uh, With every point that we're going to have today, I'm going to have an an, uh, individual response for you to consider and Here's the first response to this powerful truth. There's no power, I'm sorry, there is power that comes from praying for those that we care about. And we need to continue to lift our loved ones to Him and trust Him to do great things. Don't give up. Don't give up. In fact, uh, if you listen to Five Minutes with Phil this coming week, the whole theme for the week is never give up never give up and you may be frustrated because you haven't seen the results that you want to see and you may be frustrated because the answer is just taking too long and you may be frustrated because you've done nothing wrong and you just want things to be right and it doesn't seem to be working please continue to have faith in god I know people that prayed for years for the answer to come, but God, but but when that answer comes, church, wow, it is powerful. Never underestimate the value and the power of a community of believers like this praying for one another. That's why you should get to the house of God. That's why you should link with other Christians. That's why you should have relationships outside of these walls that you can go to and say, will you pray for me? Because that's where God does some of his greatest work. So we've seen the power of community. Secondly, I would call this the power of communion. And by saying that, I'm not talking about the Lord's Supper. There was something that happened here that started a trend of Jesus doing some things kind of uniquely, okay, because there are moments in the scripture where Jesus will, in view of the entire crowd, he will say, be healed, or or he'll do whatever he does in front of all kinds of people. And that person will be healed. And it's an incredible demonstration of his power to all the people that were there. But he didn't do that this time. Jesus chose to do something different. Look at verse 23. Verse 23, he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. So what did he do? He left the crowd. He... (laughs) This is almost going to sound like I'm I'm, uh, contradicting myself with what I just shared with you, but I'm not. It's one thing for people to go to the Lord and and, and say, God, please touch my relative, touch my uh, co-worker, touch my friend, and, and that's great. But here, here, Jesus did something powerful when it was just Him, and the blind man. When I say communion, I'm talking about that personal, private time with just you and God. Jesus didn't do this miracle in front of the crowd. He did it personally, just the two of them. See, here's the deal. The Lord can do great things in the crowd and in your personal time with him. And neither should be at the exclusion of the other. These people that, that think that, well, you know, I, I, I pray privately, I just, I don't like the organized church. Obviously that's not you guys because you're here. So I don't like the organized church. I, I, I just have church at home. Well, that's not how God's designed it. Then on the flip side, well, I get all the God stuff I need on Sunday morning when, when they sing the songs and pastor preaches his sermons, then I don't do much during the week, then I just come back for my, for my fill-up, no pun intended, and that's just, don't boo, come on. <laughs> tough crowd, tough crowd. And that's not how God's designed it either. One's not at the exclusion of the other. There are times that God does great things here in the sanctuary. And then there's times that God does great things in solitude. Mm -hmm. And we need both. We need both. The crowd got Jesus' attention, but the miracle came when it was just him and Jesus alone. Do you realize? See, the way I was brought up, okay, it was like, did you read your Bible today? Ooh, you're in trouble if you don't. It's like mm, okay, so I would scour the, I would scour the Bible to find the smallest verse I could find. Okay, Jesus wept. Whew, okay, you know. And then it started to dawn on me. You know what? When I read God's Word, I'm not fulfilling some uh, don't feel guilty checklist. When I read God's Word, this is God speaking to me. This is God sometimes meeting me right where I'm at when I read what the people in the Bible went through. When I read some of the prayers of the Bible and, and you know, you go to the book of Psalms and there's some, there's some brutal honesty in the Psalms. And I'm thinking, wow, you didn't strike them dead for that, so I guess I could be brutally honest too. There's times where, oh, did you pray? Did you pray? And if I didn't, like before I slept, I was like, "Okay, God, uh, God bless mom, dad, my brothers, and me. Amen." And uh, Lord, bring me a girlfriend. Amen. And, and, and that was that was my prayer. Just real powerful. And I got one. She's back there for 34 years now, which is pretty cool. But uh, and then it, it dawned on me again. It dawned on me again that wait, wait a minute. This isn't just me fulfilling some checklist. This is God meeting with me, talking to me through his word. Am I talking to him through my prayers? And then his spirit starts to deal with my, Holy, uh, with my spirit, and his Holy Spirit is dwelling in me. I'm, I'm his temple, and so he starts to speak to me that way, and it's like, wow, this is what it's all about. So your, your time in solitude with the Lord, your personal time of worship with, with the Lord, that's not just to alleviate guilt. That's for God to do something special. So maybe your response to this might be, it might be this, we need to seek opportunities to be alone with God. We need to seek opportunities. Now, I'm talking to a lot of busy people here. I get it. I get it. And we have to be deliberate about this. Um, The the, the story is told of Charles and John Wesley's mother. The Wesley brothers were the ones that founded the Wesleyan church, uh, the whole Methodist church, church. Back then, it was a very fiery Pentecostal bunch. It's changed a little bit over the years. But their mother had several children in the house. And moms, you will know that maybe having one child or two children in the house can be very demanding. She had several children in her house. And if anybody would have a reason to say, well, I, <laughs> I just don't have the time for that. You would think it'd be her, but she would do something interesting and all the kids knew that we don't bother mom at this time. She would sit on her chair, literally, and she would take her apron and she would drape it over her head and she'd sit there with the apron over her head And that's how she would pray. And the kids knew, all the kids knew, we don't bother mom when the apron's on her head. Because that's her God time. That's the time that she's praying. Now, you might say, well, that's a little extreme. And and, and it might be a little bit extra, but, you know, if you had a million children, you'd probably get a little extra too. (laughs) But maybe maybe for all of us, it's, it's a matter of trying to carve out some time in our lives that we could easily devote to the Lord. Dare I say that maybe you could just turn down the music in your car and, and pray with your eyes open, but, but you could pray in your car. In fact, the way I've seen some of you drive, you should pray in your car. <laughs> you really should. So, so maybe, maybe that's some time to give to the Lord. Maybe you wake up just a little bit later, maybe, uh, or, or earlier, I should say, or maybe you, you stay up a little bit later, uh, whatever the case might be. And I'm not saying, okay, that you got to lock yourself in a closet for three hours and recite Leviticus every day, okay? But what I'm saying is, it, is, there, is there a moment, are there moments throughout the day that you could just talk to the Lord? Maybe play the Bible uh, in your car and listen to it audibly. Maybe listening to five minutes with Phil. And, and that sounds like such a selfish plug. But, and, and it is. Okay, let's just be honest, it is. But, but we create that so that you can give, get five minutes to hear God's Word every weekday. That's why we do that. And, and maybe for you, that'd be a huge start how can you deliberately find yourself getting alone with god number 3 A third lesson is the le- <laughs> this is where the story gets fun the lesson of commitment commitment how committed are you to seeing jesus complete the process of giving you your answer to prayer. I will tell you that this blind man had to have a little bit of commitment to the process. Pastor, what do you mean? Well, let's take a look at verses 23, 24, and 25 again. He took the blind man by the hand and he led him outside the village. So far, so good. And when he spit on the man's eyes, time out, Seriously? He spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him. You might say, well, pastor, why? Why did he spit on the man's eyes? And let me tell you, as you read through this, even if you look in the original Greek and the original languages, when you really put it all together, I still have no idea. (laughs) Why? But let's continue, then I'll unpack this a little bit more. Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. So he'd he'd had sight before, by the way. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes, and then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. I'm going to be straight with you. Jesus' methods sometimes are not what we would expect. (laughs) He spit on Okay, if I can go back in time and watch one miracle, just for kicks, I think I'd love to watch this one. Because here's the blind man, you know, he's in the Lord I receive position. Right? Okay. Lord, I receive. And and then all of a sudden he hears. Jesus was quite a spitter. How do you react? When the answer to your prayer is coming to you in a way that you were not expecting. In fact, it might be coming in a way that you don't like. You know, Jesus, I was kind of expecting, you know, lightning in the sky, fire from heaven, a dove. And you spit on me. Have you ever felt spit on by God? I've prayed and I prayed and I prayed, and all of a sudden I get, pooh. What is that? I'm asking God for some good things. I, I, I mean, my intentions are good. I'm not like asking God to kill anybody. I just want God to heal me. I just want God to, to do this in my family. I just want God to work things out at, at, for my job, and all of a sudden, pooh. And, and when Mark writes, by the way, in, in the Gospel of Mark, he's, he's so quick. Because like all the other Gospel writers, Matthew has 28 chapters, Luke has 24 chapters, John has 22 chapters, Mark gets it all done in 16 chapters. And, and so he's just like, boom, 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 boom. He's just like really quick and to the point. Really, you know, some of you know people like that. <laughs> some of you know people just like that. They're just really, really quick and to the point. And so all of a sudden... He took them, spit on them, and I'm like, whoa, What? spit? What are you doing that for, Jesus? Jesus, why is this person acting this way when I've been praying for him? They're supposed to change. Jesus, how come I feel a little worse after I started praying for you? What's going on? Jesus, some of the symptoms are still there. Spit on. I can't explain Jesus' methods. But here's what I do know. Is that he's good. Because the man did receive his... In fact... The verse is still up there. He, he asked him, do you see anything? Ah, <clears throat> uh, besides your spit, I see trees. I see walking trees. And Jesus said, okay, it's time for another touch. And this time he didn't duplicate what he did last time. He just put his hands on him. Boy, there's a whole lesson there. He put his hands on him. And then everything was clear. So, not only did Jesus start answering in a way that the man did not expect, but the man needed to come to Jesus one more time. The man needed to be touched by Jesus one more time for the miracle to take place. You know what he couldn't? Why did I choose the word commitment? Okay, because as soon as he got spit in the eye, he could have said, you know what, I'm done. I'm out of here. No more Jesus. Now, that seems funny, and it is, but maybe when your answer doesn't come the way that you want it to go, you're praying for that person and they treat you so badly, you know what, I'm done, Jesus. I feel like I've been spit in the eye. I didn't I didn't ask for this, Jesus. <laughs> Can you imagine the blind man? I didn't ask to be spit on. I'm just here cuz my friends brought me here. How do you respond? And and if things don't go the way that you would like for them to go, is that enough for you to say I'm done? Is that enough for you to stop praying? Is that enough for you to give up on God, Is to scale back on your relationship with God? Is that enough? Because I promise you, you will be confronted by that again and again and again. And you've got to be committed to Jesus. And you've got to be committed to his ways. And you've got to be committed to his process. Because if you go to Jesus and you say, Jesus, here's what I want and here's the way that I want it, go. It's not going to work that way. It's not. Quite frankly, Jesus doesn't need your help. He knows how to take care of it. You just trust him just trust him, stay there, don't give up, how sad would it have been if the man would have walked away and all he could see when he saw a person was a walking tree, Mr. Oak, how you doing, Elm, how are you, Hickory, good to see you, kind of, <laughs> that would have been sad, Jesus had it in his plan. That hickory joke was really funny, folks. I'm telling you what. <laughs> that was so good. Jesus had it in his plan for this man to hang in there and get touched one more time. Maybe you've been tempted to give up because it's taken too long or you don't like the way Jesus is doing stuff or the person you're praying for, they're not responding in the way that they should. And you may never understand why things are happening the way that they are. But let me free you from this. You don't have to know why. You just need to know who. So maybe your response today is this one. Maybe today, though we may not understand how he does things, maybe we at least know, maybe we always know that God's good. He's got you. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why I got spit in my face, but I'm going to trust you, Jesus. And that leads me to the final lesson. Because there was a powerful command that was given in verse 26. Now, a lot of us would be very tempted to end our story at verse 25. like what happened to you well jesus let me out the village he spit on me kind of weird okay but then he put his hands on me again i was blind now i can see incredible good night everybody but verse 26 you have got to look at verse 26 verse 26 says jesus sent him home saying don't even go into the village Jesus had something to say. Oh <laughs> Jesus had something to say to the man, beyond just giving him his sight. Oh some of you missed it. See, a lot of us, we, we want God to answer our prayer. God give me a miracle, okay, but, but, but the question is, what is He trying to say to you in the midst of it? What does He have to say to you? Jesus had something to say. Or has something to say to you when he does something for you. Look at that again. Jesus has something to say to you while he's doing something for you. In this case, for some reason, he told the man, don't go back into the village. We're not sure why. Although, I will say this, and this is kind of extra, don't ever go back somewhere that Jesus took you out of. Don't go back there. So in this man's case, he brought him out of the village, got alone with him, healed him, and said, "Now don't go back there." Jesus gave him a command that may have even been difficult for him to process, but. That's the thing about God. While He's working in you, He wants to say something to you. There have been times when I've prayed and I've wanted God to answer my prayer sincerely. But I've been so focused on the result that if I wasn't careful, I was missing out on God talking to me and trying to change me in the process. So maybe in the process I'm saying God change this person's heart. And then Jesus might say, "Okay, how about yours?" Well, that's later. Change this person's heart. Well, your attitude's not that good, Phil. Okay, change this person's heart. Do you see how this goes? And sometimes God will actually use the very things that I'm praying for to do a work in my own life. I pray for somebody's salvation, but maybe God wants me to have a bigger heart for the lost. Maybe I'm praying for money and resources. And and God's saying, okay, but hey, let's, let's... let's talk about those stupid lottery tickets that you keep buying instead of trusting me. Just had to throw that in there. (laughs) It's too late for me to get into a gambling rant, but uh, I know sports betting is legal in Ohio now. But instead of going to DraftKings... Just trust the king of kings. He'll take care of you. That was more free stuff. So do you hear what I'm saying? There's times where I have been asking God for this or asking God for that. And he says, no problem, but I've got something to say to you. Is it any wonder in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, Come unto me, all oh, you are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. We want the rest. We want the burden taken off of us. But sometimes we forget that there is a learning that needs to be done when we ask God for miracles. And so maybe your response to this today might very well be, We need to listen to the Lord as he works in our lives. Again, what is he saying to you as he's working for you? Just five verses and four lessons. I mean, this is powerful stuff here from the word of God. And yeah, the title of this message was, I could see clearly now. And Jonathan, if you can help me up out here, that would be great. But what I want to do to close this is give you a chance to kind of revisit these responses that we had on the screen. And what we've done, we've prepared four different responses, prayer responses, for you to consider. The first one, lift up your loved ones in prayer. Believe Jesus for great things. The power of community the power of praying for other people it still works church can you say amen to that so maybe today you just need to pray for somebody that you care about that you're really concerned about and he loves you friend he'll listen to you and i believe that he will move in a great way or maybe for you the second response <coughs> excuse me the second response would be be deliberate And finding times where you can get along with Jesus. Maybe you need to just sit in his presence and maybe not say a whole lot, but maybe you need God to kind of unpack your business a little bit and say, you know what? Lay off the internet for a bit and let's just spend some time together. Don't be so busy that you're too busy for me. And maybe he wants to speak to you about that. So maybe you wouldn't need to say much, but the Holy Spirit wants to say something to you. <laughs> that would be a very holy thing to take place in your life today. The third response would be, you may not understand what Jesus is doing, but don't give up on Him. You don't have to try to explain God. You don't, have, you don't even have to try to understand Him. You're just a human being. His ways are higher than ours. We can't even fathom who He is and how His ways are. So don't try to figure Him out. Just trust Him. Just trust Him. Know that He's good. Don't give up on Him. And and you know what? If you're praying for somebody else, let me tell you that God might have to do a, a big work on that person you're praying for. So give God time to do that, but you keep on praying. Don't you give up. And then fourthly, what's the Lord saying to you? Is he speaking to you? What's he saying to you? And and that could vary from person to person in here. And every person that's online, what's he saying to you? And we're just going to scroll these responses on the screen throughout the rest of our time together. And I want to give you a chance to be able to pray and maybe even look at one of these and say, Okay, God, that's me. That's me. That that's what I need to pray about. That that That's what I need to go to you about. So I don't know what the Lord might be doing in your life, but I know what he's doing in mine. And I know how I need to pray. And so I would ask you that we join together and just seek the Lord today. And when he's finished with you today, you can consider yourself dismissed. And, and here's what I'm going to ask, that we would not disturb people that are praying in here, but we could fellowship in the lobby. There's plenty of room for us to do that, but... We're going to make this a real holy place where people can connect with Jesus and bring some of this stuff to him. And I believe that just as this blind man had a powerful encounter with God, you can have a powerful encounter with him this morning in this building and where you might be watching. Could we all stand together, please? So I'm going to pray. And if God is leading you to pray about one of these four things, or maybe all four, then do so. Maybe you need to come to an altar area up here and pray. Maybe you want to sit or kneel at your seat. Maybe you need to walk around and pray, whatever the case might be. But can we make this room a place of prayer? And let's connect, let's encounter Jesus. Let's just see what he might do. So Lord, we lift you up. And we praise you because your word is so powerful. Now I pray, God, that you'd meet with us. God, some of us, we might not understand what's going on. But God, we just need to trust you. God, some of us might be tempted to give up. But Lord, we pray that doesn't happen. God, there are people that are heavy on our hearts. And God, we just need to keep on praying. God, some of us, we need our personal lives to change so that you could be part of that more. But Lord, whatever it is, I pray that you would speak to us today. So meet with your people. Encounter us through your Holy Spirit. And we will thank you, Jesus, and it's in your name. Amen. If you need to pray, do so right now. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you.